everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Oh, hey, Todd. Dr. Wignall. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Recording from my bedroom today, actually. Yeah, you are. I'm not, but you are. Yeah. You look yeah. much more professional than I do. Yeah, I'm in the office. I, in I decided office, to college shirt. Yeah, yeah. College shirt and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so what are we talking about today? Um, we are talking about memories. Hmm. And and my interest in memories um, for today's discussion is I was recently talking with a client who had suffered some really severe insults from um, younger siblings and parents. What do you mean mean insults? Um, They'd excluded him from some activities and they talked down to him in in a pretty embarrassing way a couple of times. And and he felt like he kind of was pushed into this role as the, um, the, the squeaky wheel. And, and he got a lot of flack in his family for, for kind of being too um, needy, mm-hmm. I guess, and, and so too dramatic. Kid, yeah, as a kid. Like, as a yeah. young kid. Okay. And, and so along those lines, um, they had really dressed him down a few times and, and, and yelled at him pretty good and really in, publicly insulted him, he felt like. And oh, okay. He would often talk about these, um, these memories that he had of these events, and, and um, they were really vivid um, he would describe them as, as probably traumatic kind of events and that they were very unnerving and, and um, kind of formative for him as mm-hmm. he grew up. Um, and, and so as we, as we talked about this, he thought it was going to be a, a really important thing to kind of talk to his uh, sibling about these incidents and say, Hey, that really hurt my feelings. And, yeah. you know, I, I'd like to kind of talk about that with you. And, um, you know, time goes by, he works up a lot of, courage on his part to have this conversation and his uh, sibling brother remembered this entire experience completely differently oh. and had a very different uh, perspective of what was going on. Not that he disagreed with what my client was saying at all, but, but had um, a, a very different understanding of, of what had happened there hmm. um, where they really weren't insulting him at all. Um, but calling attention to some of the things that he needed to think about. Anyway, my client was very kind of stricken with the differences in, in his brother's account and his own. And because he trusted his brother a great deal, he was kind of um, shaken by this discrepancy in, in, in his memory. And, and we talked a lot about, he was very curious about memory and, and he did some research on, on um, how memories change over time. And uh, he'd read some research about how memories aren't really trustworthy sometimes and it's really difficult. <clears throat> and so we, we ended up having a, a long discussion about um, how we rehearse memories and, and how memory functions um, in a way that it's really difficult to trust memory sometimes. And so in a way, what we do to compensate is we stick with these kind of memorized narratives of roles and, and, and events the way we want to remember them. And a lot of them are our memories um, can tend to start being these rehearsed kind of stories we tell ourselves, and they may not be as accurate as we um, 
<laughs> as, as we think they are, but they're definitely a story to them that seems to be very, very precise every time we rehearse it, where yeah, I, my client was victimized and it was horrible despite um, uh, other details of the experience being very lacking. So what, I mean, why, why does this happen? Like why, um, I think you would assume that like, especially if something bad or, or significant happened to you as a kid, you'd, you'd remember it. And if you thought about it routinely, which you probably would, if it was something that was really bothering you, that would make it all the more reliable because you were thinking about it multiple times, right? And you were kind of rehearsing it. Um, but it sounds like what, what you're saying is that it's almost like um, a lot of these memories are sort of like, um, like the game telephone, right? We got like 15 people sitting around in a circle and, mm -hmm. and someone starts off with a phrase like, the, the mailman dropped off a box mm -hmm. and, and you go around and you tell it to the next person, you do it to the next person. By the time it gets to the end, it's like the purple dinosaur ate a cheeseburger. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, like right. The story right. is like totally transformed from, <laughs> from what happened. Um, so why, yeah. Like how, how does, how does this happen? Like it, it's on some and, level, and it I, seems counterintuitive. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go uh, that far maybe because, um, a little extreme. <laughs> Maybe a little extreme, but the idea that um, we look as far as um, curators of history, we're all a little biased, you know, to our own perception of that history. And when you take out a memory and rehearse it over and over again and tell you that there's a there's a fact to this this memory, there's there's a history here that this is my perception and it's right over and over and over again for 30 something years, you know, you got to wonder at the end of 30 something years, how accurate the actual details of that memory are versus the story that it really kind of took on for you. So the idea right? is that we, we change the story to fit what we want the story to be. So we, or we, we just, or, or, or at least that we keep the story going as we want it to be. Yeah. It, it could be as a kid, he was very hurt and, and scared and embarrassed at what happened. And, and over time, that's the part he rehearsed was that was embarrassing. That was awful. They mm -hmm. shouldn't have done that. That was embarrassing. That was all they victimized me, oh. but he didn't have a very good recollection of what had actually been said and how it had been said and what were the circumstances. And his brother, his older brother was able to kind of fill in some of that detail. He just remembers being very ashamed and hurt and he felt like they embarrassed him um, yeah so that's that's interesting it's not necessarily in one way you could say it's not that the story changed exactly or that the, the, someone modified the story so much as they left out huge chunks of it yeah and, there and you when go. you when you leave out huge chunks of the story obviously it kind of and everyone's read like a news report where someone's been misquoted you know like someone <laughs> right. seems to be saying something outrageous <laughs> but it makes total right. sense if you read the sentence before and the sentence after mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it, can, it can almost seem entirely different right what it means yeah that sometimes the context of that event is is a little lost but the the theme of your victimization or your pain or your um grudge or your resentment or your anger or your sadness or whatever seems to stay the same maybe in in that um Sometimes we might need updating even to those things mm -hmm. as we, as we grow. Yeah. Especially then, if it happens at something um, at a relatively young age, right? We, you know, to what degree are you as a kid, as a young kid, are you really fully aware of kind of all the nuances of what's going on? And like, it's right. Right. And I'm, I'm definitely not saying to doubt your memories of, of events as a, as a kid. I mean, lots of people are, are experience horrible things as children. Um, but it's important. I think it's important um, as you grow to have a healthy respect for how memory works um, and to be somewhat suspicious of, of memories that you hold on to for, 
I mean, the yeah, longer you I mean, hold on to it, maybe be a little bit more suspicious of it because um, memories are funny things that way. I mean, I'm incredibly suspicious of almost all my memories as a kid because <laughs> frequently it happens all the time. I will, I'll be talking with my family or someone said, Oh yeah, I remember this, this. And they're like, no, that, that did not happen at all. Or no, it was totally different <laughs> the way that went down or, <laughs> uh-huh, um, uh-huh. so I, I'm incredibly skeptical of my own memories, right? Like I think that, and I don't, I don't think that says anything about me. I think it's just, I, I kind of imagine everybody probably is. I think it's just the nature of being a kid and growing up and like the human memory system is not you know, it's not like put all the information on zip drive and there it is, you know, and then you plug in the computer and download it all. And, you know, all the ones and zeros line up and our memory is much more organic for better or yeah. worse. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very much. Well, and it just pays to kind of, um, I, I guess, question the impact your memories are having on you. Um, maybe what patterns they, they keep reinforcing, you know, if, if, if your narrative is that, that these people are enemies and they're victimizing you, then that might have an impact on how you are around them and, and um, whether you avoid them or not, or do those things. And they, um, yeah, it can have an impact. So you probably want to kind of be suspicious of them, but check them out every once in a while, make sure your memories are what you think they are. Yeah. And how, so I don't know. So what do you, what do you do if you're in a situation like this? You're like, okay, I have this really, painful memory. It really bothers me what happened, or at least the story I'm telling myself about what happened. I have some reason to doubt that it's, that that's exactly what happened. And I'm at least a little bit um, amenable to that, whether it's like my client or, or even just, I realize, like, yeah, my memory is not that great. I frequently. <laughs> well, and that's um, what, that's what he kind of started doing was saying, you know, I don't know what happened there exactly. And I've got to yeah. quit telling myself I do, you know, I know that I felt um, I think he would say, I know that he, he knew that he felt hurt and victimized there. Um, but he, but he was able to kind of introduce the idea that maybe he didn't know exactly what was going on there. And he was actually able to reference his brother's willingness to talk to him, the kind of relationship they had in the present. And he decided he wanted to focus more of his attention on that rather than the story he'd been telling himself, mm. which seemed yeah. to be a more functional approach to me anyway. I think that's so key. I, I think so often, and I, I'm not saying this is intentional. I think it's more often than not, it's unintentional. But um, people get a little obsessed with the past and with their memories of the of the past. And I think a lot of the time, it's a it's a kind of avoidance of or even procrastination of what needs to get done in the present. Mm-hmm. What I actually, it, it's sort of a okay, all this stuff happened, but ultimately can't change all that, right? The only thing I can actually change is what I'm going to do now. Mm-hmm. But that's often really hard. You know, if you have to, um, if someone's really hurt you or injured you in the past to sort of acknowledge that and acknowledge that that was painful and, and that, that was bad, but sort of not to let it run your life anymore. That's, well, and, and that's not just a thing you do. That, that's, that takes a lot of work and effort and practice, right? And if you're yeah. on some level, you're like, I don't know, like maybe there's this silver bullet where I, if I just like go back in the past and process this painful memory, somehow I'll be free of this. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. everything will be hunky dory. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people on some level think that that's kind of what happens in therapy. Right. <laughs> you come in, you talk about this painful memory and somehow, you know, major air quotes, you process that memory with your therapist. Maybe they give you some brilliant insights. There's no more pain. And then you're free of it. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen that be the case. (laughs) 
I've never, I've never seen that even get close to being the case. There's always a ton of hard work you have to do in the present to be able to move on from pains in the past. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.